Two guys, two continents, two missionaries, one gospel. You're listening to the Truth Be Known podcast with your hosts, Nathaniel Jolly and Bill Issa. Okay, for you guys out there who are listening to our podcast and you're thinking about doing your own, uh, just real quick in 30 seconds, let me give you a heads up. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In 30 seconds here, it's absolutely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is awesome. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many more. Also, you can make money from your podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, in 30 seconds with no minimum listenership. It's an awesome place to do your podcast. It's everything you need all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Super easy. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, go check it out. So without further ado, we'll jump right into our content. Welcome back to Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. Your friend, Bill Issa. Well, guys, uh, yeah, last week we did our episode really on the sufficiency of Scripture, and we're going to kind of carry that theme through this week. But this week we have a very, very special guest, someone that is near and dear to both Bill and I. Uh, in fact, we talk a lot about him on our show. And so we're really happy to have Mr. Justin Peters with us today. So thank you for joining us, Justin. Brothers, it's really good to be with you. It's an honor. It truly is. Thank you for having me on. Today, you know, our title is Dangerous Doctrines. And Justin has really dedicated uh, much of his life and his ministry to um, expository preaching, to providing the body of Christ with sound, healthy doctrine, and to exposing, you know, the weaknesses and the false doctrine that comes out of the health, wealth, charismatic Pentecostal church. And our dynamic on this podcast, uh, you know, Bill and I are, are dedicated to that similar thing. And so we reached two different continents. And Justin is actually the one that brought Bill and I together indirectly. And sure. And so it's a really fun story. And uh, Bill, when you talk about Justin, and you might have said this in one of our first couple episodes, uh, you, you made the comment earlier. What, what is it that you normally say, brother? Yeah, this is the guy who blew up my church. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Some years ago, <laughs> he's the one who blew up my church. He caused trouble into my church that eventually brought me to what I am today. I give glory to them. And uh, ju just to clarify, that was a, a good blowing up. And uh, Justin went and brought truth. And uh, yeah, the Lord's really used him. And so, yeah, Justin, let's just, uh, yeah, talk about some of these guys. There are three particular guys that uh, we want to talk about because they really affect both continents in significant ways. So let's just start with the one that most people probably know the most, and that's Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn is, has a huge influence still in a lot of Africa. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe more there than here now. I, I'm not sure, but just kind of walk us through, uh, Justin, for our listeners, maybe some of the things that he teaches, why it's uh, a dangerous place to go for biblical teaching, biblical preaching. And yeah, we'll just turn it over to you, brother. 
Sure, sure, Nathaniel. Um, yeah, Benny Hinn, uh, he, he's uh, the world's most infamous faith healer. Uh, he kind of picked up the baton from Oral Roberts. And uh, Oral Roberts was kind of his father in the faith. And um, he was heavily influenced by Catherine Kuhlman, who, of course, is long dead now. But he quickly became the world's most famous faith healer. His entire life in ministry is marked by one of lies and false claims. He's been in ministry, quote unquote, now for over 45 years. He's got differing versions of his testimony. He's made wild claims about his own life and ministry that just factually are not true. For example, he claims that his father was the mayor of Jaffa, Israel. He wasn't. I mean, you can look up city records. He never was. Uh, Benny claims that he went into a hospital in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, and he, along with an Episcopal priest, healed everyone in the hospital. Well, he actually, in one of his books, he named the hospital and the town where it was. And so it was, it was very easy to, to uh, check up on that. And it never happened. I mean, he just completely makes things up out of whole cloth. He just lies about them. Of course, he's known for having his miracle crusades. And he draws thousands, sometimes tens of thousands. On occasion, uh, in some of his international crusades, he has drawn um, multiple millions of people in, the, in, in India. I think they had about 4 million people at one crusade, which is just, it, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's hard for me even to wrap my mind around, but uh, just enormously, enormously popular. Uh, as you said, he's, he's more popular now in Africa and other parts of the world than he is in the United States. He's, he hit a zenith of popularity in the United States probably in the late 90s, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, kind of that, um, those, those few years old. But uh, he's still enormously popular in other parts of the world, Africa especially, uh, uh, still in India and uh, Central and South America in many places. So. Um, I've done a lot of research on Benny Hinn. In fact, I've been to 17 of his crusades, faith healing crusades. Um, so I've been there. I've kind of been in the trenches, so to speak. I've talked to people. I have seen people who have been just absolutely devastated by his teaching. Um, if you've never been to a Benny Hinn crusade, it's truly one of the most heartbreaking things that you'll ever see. Because when you go there, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of sick people, uh, mm -hmm. desperately sick, crippled, handicapped, parents with sick children, dying children oftentimes. And they are in the back, kept safely away from the television cameras. You never see them. Uh, but they are being told that as long as they have enough faith, they will be healed as long as they give enough money. Sow seed, you know, sow a seed so you can reap a harvest, you'll be healed. And so uh, Benny Hinn is, I mean, he's, he exploits the poor, the sick, the desperate, the widows for personal financial gain. He, he parades these people up on his platform claiming that they've been healed and none of them have. Hmm. There's not been a single airtight documented record of anyone in his crusades ever being healed. Uh, he has offered dozens and dozens of demonstrably false prophecies, I mean, proven false prophecies. And he has taught some of the most jaw-dropping heresies 
that you could ever imagine. And as if that were not enough, he actually claims God as the source of the very heresies that he teaches. So uh, if, if Benny Hinn is not a false prophet, then the term has no meaning. Mm. He literally meets every single biblical criterion as to how to discern a false prophet. You know, Justin, I, I know a lot of some of our, our listeners may be thinking, well, but he, you know, he sings worship songs, if you want to call them that. Um, he talks about the Holy Spirit. I, I know sometime back I, I did a little survey uh, with some of the African guys and his book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I think that's the name of it was very yeah, popular. Yeah. Um, so maybe if, if you can think of one or two examples of doctrines that he teaches that are really dangerous. And I also just want to bring out, why does it matter that he's gotten prophecy wrong? Because I think a, a lot of guys have this idea uh, today that uh, prophecy doesn't have to be true or doesn't have to be right, that you can effectively have, you know, uh, prophecy that's in error and it doesn't affect how we view or judge the person giving the prophecy. Can you speak to some of that, brother? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Some of the things that he has taught, okay, uh, so many things. He, he taught one time that there are nine members of the Godhead. And not only did he teach that, he actually claimed divine revelation for that teaching. He said that God told him that there are nine members of the Godhead. Uh, obviously, there are not. Wow. Uh, he has wow. taught that uh, the little God's doctrine, that if you are a Christian, you are a little God which is very similar to Mormonism. It's basically Mormonism repackaged. Hmm. He has taught the spiritual death of Jesus, that Jesus did not atone for our sins on the cross, but he atoned for our sins down in hell, where Jesus was tortured, uh, died a spiritual death, ceased to be God and had to be reborn. That wow. Jesus actually had to get saved. And that is where the atonement of our sins took place, not on the cross, but down in hell. Um, positive confession that we can speak things into existence that our words have creative power in and of themselves so if we need money we speak it into existence if we need healing we speak it into existence so um, yeah that that's I mean that's just a small sampling of the heresies that he has taught um, he is taught that uh, a Christian is just like Jesus, just as much an incarnation as Jesus of Nazareth. So, um, yeah, I mean, he all of the word of faith doctrines he has taught. And um, as I said, many, many, many false prophecies. And, and you asked, why does it matter? Well, it, it matters if you falsely prophesy, because according to what God says in the book of Deuteronomy and Jeremiah, in other books as well, but those are the two of the more prominent examples. Uh, if if a man prophesies falsely, then he is a false prophet. You know, if he mm -hmm. prophesies something that does not come to pass, he is a false prophet, period. And prophets in the Old Testament were held to a 100% accuracy standard. And if they ever prophesied something that did not come to pass, well, then they were automatically marked as a false prophet. And the penalty of that, by the way, was stoning. So uh, it's a very serious thing to falsely prophesy. And Benny Hinn has done this 
many, 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 many times. I mean, just one example. On December the 31st, 1989, this was, of course, New Year's Eve, 1989, he went into a trance, supposedly, and God gave him prophecies about major events that would happen in the 1990s. And in the 1990s, Benny Hinn prophesied that Fidel Castro would die in office. He didn't. He prophesied the East Coast of America would be ravaged by earthquakes. It wasn't. He prophesied that the economy of the United States would collapse. It didn't. He, <laughs> oh, and he prophesied that homosexuals would, would be destroyed by fire. They weren't. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it, you know, and that's just, that's just all he managed on one night. You know, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, as I said, he, he meets every single biblical criterion as to how to discern a false prophet, every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, there's some great irony in that we understand the Holy Spirit is the author of scripture written through chosen men. Uh, and yet, he teaches things that are, you know, totally contrary to what the Holy Spirit has given us in written form. And so, I think that, you know, just those few examples ought to be huge red flags for anyone who is listening. And maybe, you know, they've in, enjoyed his ministry or they thought he, you know, was sound. Um, he's just teaching contrary to Scripture. So, you're left with, do you believe Benny Hinn or do you believe the Bible? And, and no God-fearing, Bible-believing Christian, uh, that shouldn't be a hard choice for anyone who loves Scripture and loves God. Um, yeah, you, you've got to walk away from that stuff. Now, Bill, I'd be interested to hear your perspective, brother, because um, when Benny Hinn went into a trance, that probably sounds eerily like witchcraft to you. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, thank you, brother. First of all, I want to thank the Lord for uh, uh, our host, uh, I mean, our, our, our visitor, our guest, brother Justin Peters. And I'm just glad and thank, uh, thankful to the Lord that uh, today we are sharing the same podcast with the, 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 my dear brother, the one the Lord used to bring me to what I believe now. You know, he uses people. Yeah, so um, just before I answer your question, brother, I want just to let our listeners know that uh, in 2013, when brother uh, Justin Peters came to visit us in Uganda with Michael Miller, I was a charismatic Pentecostal pastor. Yeah, it's really good that the audience really know about this. And uh, yeah, I, I welcomed them without knowing really the ministry of my brother Justin. <laughs> so I, I invited a few pastor friends, uh, Pentecostal pastors, and I remember when, okay, but when he came, I was also believing, or let me say, Benny Hinn was also dear to me. So he was not a false prophet to me by then. And when he was uh, teaching against him and other false teachers, I was seated next to him because, uh, you know, I was their host, so I, had, I needed to be next to him and he was projecting some video clips against Benny Hinn and I was really on fire where I was seated. I was like, who is this coming to speak ill against a powerful man of God like Benny Hinn? Yeah, so that was moving inside me, but also inside the, the, the minds of my friend, Pastor, that I had invited. 
Yeah, he knows very well that uh, after their, their departure, they left me on fire. I told Michael Miller, you guys came, but you, you left me on fire because all my friends are really on my neck. But uh, really, the, his teachings left me with a lot of questions. And that was the beginning of my transformation because I wanted to go deeper because, you know, the way brother, I mean, teaches is very good. He does not leave any stone unturned. Yeah, he just brings the, 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 the teachings of, the false teachings of Ben Hinn versus or in contrast with the word of god the scriptures and you see it if i see you you have reason you see clearly that this guy is teaching against cream yeah so from there um the lord i wanted to to know more about doctrines because you know most charismatic pentecostals don't mind about doctrine they just want to they are moved by i mean feelings and what such things like those so now trying to go deep and try to understand i wanted to understand benin vis-a-vis biblical doctrines i really concluded that this guy is a false prophet no question and then back to your question brother yeah sure going into a trance remember i was a particular secretary to a prophetess many years ago and uh, she used to go into a trance in my presence and uh, i was the one taking note of whatever her God was saying to us. So that, that's witchcraft, brother. Going into trance like that, just to go straight to, your, to answering your question, that is to us here, to, in Africa. That's witchcraft. Yeah, so this guy is just deceiving people. And I, I pray that, uh, yeah, again, as you said at the beginning, is more popular here than in the US. I've also realized it. The few times I've been to the US, back to Uganda, my country, no, Benin is everything here. To the point that if you say something against Benin, that, that alone is enough for someone to, 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 to stone you. But uh, we pray that through um, maybe this episode, episode and through the exposition of the word of God, people will come to realize that this guy is really a false teacher, false prophet. That's witchcraft. Going into trance, that's witchcraft. Yeah, I find it interesting, uh, brother and, and Justin, this is probably your experience, I would guess, but every time I've ever heard of someone going into a so-called trance and getting something from God, whatever it is they've gotten has directly contradicted the actual word of God. And so... Sure. Uh, it's just an interesting thing. Well, I, I want to move on a little bit from, from Benny Hinn. You know, we would just encourage uh, our, our listeners, and we trust that there are plenty of people like Bill and I. You know, we were in the charismatic movement, and God uses someone like you, Justin, to open up the Word of God and, and to just kind of, you know, take the scales off of our eyes. And so we trust that that will be true here, too. But let's move on to someone else who is really big. Now, this guy... He's big, not just in, in Uganda, but he's also really big in the States. I, I think he might actually have the biggest church in the States. You would probably know that better than me, but Joel Osteen. I saw his books all over Uganda, and uh, he's huge here too. And so, yeah, let, let's just talk a little bit about um, what, what makes Joel Osteen dangerous. He seems to be a super nice guy. He talks about love a whole lot. He's he mentions God a whole lot. Um, I, I realize I never see him with an open Bible, but he just, he talks about God and love so much. Right, right. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's so ironic. He begins all of his sermons by leading people in this kind of um, uh, memorized mantra and basically says, he holds his Bible up, says, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Uh, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Uh, I, I will be taught the word of God, blah, blah, blah. You know, we will never be the same in Jesus' name, all that kind of stuff. And so he holds his Bible up and, and affirms belief in it and then he never picks it up again <laughs> you know i mean he'll 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 mention a few bible verses here and there in his sermon always always taken out of context and twist the meaning to say something that the verses do not say absolutely do not say uh, and so he just makes an absolute mockery out of scripture and, uh, oh, there's so many things. Yes, you're right. He does have the largest church in the United States of America. And I, I should say, quote unquote, church, because it's not a church by the biblical definition of the term. But, um, but yeah, Lakewood Church and um, so many things with Joel Osteen. Okay, so he has on multiple occasions denied the exclusivity of Christ denied that Jesus is the only way to be saved. He's done that on multiple occasions. Uh, he has said that Hindus love God. In fact, he said, I've been to India with my father and I've been with the Hindu people. They're nice, kind people who love God. Well, Hindus don't love God. They, you can't love someone who you don't even know. And and um, so, I mean, it, that's a, a flat out uh, denial of the exclusivity of Christ, of the deity of Christ, everything. And so, it, and he's done this on multiple occasions. So he preaches a different Jesus and a different gospel. Mm. Uh, by his own admission, he does not preach on sin. And he'll tell you that. I'm not putting words in his mouth. He'll tell you, I don't preach on sin. Well, how do you preach the gospel if you don't preach on sin? Yeah. And um, everything is all about you. You know, all of his sermons are... God loves you. God wants to bless you. You're a victor, not a victim. I mean, he says that all the time. Mm -hmm. And all of his sermons are really the same. If, if you've heard one of his sermons, you've pretty much heard them all. They're all the same thing. It's all about you, what God is going to do for you, how great you are. Uh, it's never anything about sin, never anything about taking up the cross or denial of oneself or um, dying to sin or uh, repentance. There, there's nothing about that in any of his sermons. And so it is a false gospel. It's this prosperity, health and wealth kind of, um, I've heard it referred to as moral therapeutic deism. You know, that God is just this kind of a cosmic butler up in the sky that is just exists to give you whatever you need. I mean, that's basically his view of God. So, uh, and, and he is leading millions and millions and millions of people to hell. And he smiles the whole time. I mean, yeah. he, you know, as you said, he's, he seems like a likable guy, a likable personality, um, seems friendly, smiles all the time. He's kind of got this all shucks down home kind of attitude and, you know, seems like a nice guy, but, but he is... I would say probably the most dangerous person uh, in the 
quote unquote Christian world because he is leading people to hell and he's smiling the whole time doing it. And it's not a case of ignorance. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, Joel Osteen just doesn't know the Bible real well. Well, that's true in and of itself, but he knows it better than what he lets on. Okay, A, if he doesn't know the Bible real well, then he has no business being in the pulpit, period. Uh, but the thing is, is he actually does know more scripture than what he lets on uh, and what than what people realize. Because I've actually read a transcript from one of his first, first sermons at Lakewood. And, I mean, he's no... He's no Charles Spurgeon. He's no John MacArthur. But but his first couple of sermons actually had a lot more meat mm. to them than the stuff he does now. And I'm guessing he probably did that because the first, I think the first sermon he preached, his dad was still alive. And his dad had a little bit more of the... A little bit more of the gospel in his sermons than what that what Joel does. So I imagine he was preaching in such a way to kind of please his dad. So um, he knows more than what he lets on. So it's not that he doesn't know about the wrath of God or you know the warnings about hell and the the commands to repent. It's not that he doesn't know those things are in there. He does. He just chooses not to teach them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think part of what makes him so dangerous is that he plays to what our fallen nature naturally wants, right? I mean, we you can look around the so-called evangelical church, and I say that because who even knows what evangelical means these days? Um, right. You know, people like for life to be about them. Um, you know, we like our emotions to be, you know, kind of cultivated and celebrated, and that's largely what his ministry seems to be about is just making, like you said, making you feel good about yourself and making God your cosmic butler, which really just kind of makes me cringe even say thinking that someone could believe that. Um, but I, I want to just go back and highlight the fact that he has publicly on, on a couple like news stations, I think, denied that Christ is the only way. Uh, to salvation. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. None come but through me. You know, you talk about guys who twist passages. There could not be any clearer passage and, and any more clear defiance of a passage than him getting on TV and saying that Christ is not the only way to heaven when it's it's an explicitly clear passage in Scripture. He's teaching a, a different gospel. Nathaniel. Yeah, and, and to that point, for to flesh this out a little bit more, the first time he did it was in an interview with um, Larry King, Larry King Live, you know, that program, Larry King Live. I think he's dead now. But, but anyway, that was the first time that Joel Osteen denied the exclusivity of Christ in a major way. And and because uh, Larry King flat out asked him, he said, well, what about, he said, I'm a Jew. What about Jewish people? You know, what about people who don't believe in Jesus? And and. Joel Osteen miffed it. He he blew the question. He said, well, you know, I don't know. He just stumbled around and kept saying, I don't know all the time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so a lot of um, a lot of Christians, uh, at least Christians with half a brain, they got all up in arms about this, rightly so. And so Joel Osteen went into damage control mode and he actually hired a PR firm to help him try to extricate himself from this hole that he had dug. They put out a statement 
to clarify uh, a statement that Joel Osteen did not even write himself. It was written by this PR guy. Uh, but then after this debacle, he goes on Fox News with Glenn Beck and Glenn Beck, who is a new age Mormon, uh, asked him the same question. And that's when Joel Osteen said, well, Glenn, uh, uh, Glenn Beck actually said to Joel, he said, well, Joel, I had a lot of email when people heard that I was having you all and they emailed me and they said, well, he's denied Jesus in the gospel. And Glenn Beck said to him, well, I've, I've talked to him. I know him. He, he, he's never denied Christ. And, and Joel, that's when Joel Osteen said, I've been to India with my father and I've seen those Hindus. They're nice, kind people who love God as well. And so even in, in direct answer to a direct question about denying Christ as the only means of salvation, he denied Christ as the only means of salvation. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and it's a repeated thing over the years of these guys' ministry. Um, and and I, I, you know, I'd make a point, all the guys that we're going to talk about today, I think we would all agree that, you know, these guys are not uh, innocently deceived in what they're teaching. They know. They know. Benny Hinn knows. Joel Steen knows. Um, you know, they're doing it for money. They're taking advantage of people. And, you know, our point of calling these guys out is not just to – um, not just because we want to fight some other other person's so-called ministry. It's because, you know, one, we're called as believers, as Christians, as teachers in the body of Christ to call out false teachers and, and to right. do it because we, we love the body of Christ and we want to see people um, guarded and protected from, from these guys. So, yeah, Joel Osteen, again, not very subtle, just preaches a different gospel. And so... Um, yeah, if, if you've got a Joel Osteen book, burn that thing. <laughs> uh, it's good for that, and, and that's about all it's good for. Um, yeah. I, I want to move on a little bit to the next guy. Um, before, before you move in, brother. Yeah, go ahead, brother. It, it, I think, I think it's, it's the guy who wrote the book uh, entitled Your Best Life Now. Is it Joel Osteen? Yeah. Yes. Your Best Life? That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you may, you may, to a, 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 a true Christian, really, Bible-believing, the one who believes and reads the Bible very well, just the fact that someone believes in his best life now, that, that's enough, really, because some try to uh, blame us of talking ill against these guys, but we want them to be really uh, critical and use even their sense, even common sense, just if this is the fallen world full of sins and what full of sicknesses and diseases and earthquakes and misery someone can can come up with a book entitled your best life now so because we believe that there is heaven and hell hell where life will be worse and heaven where life will be better so now when he says that uh, he's having his best life now what does he really mean obviously whoever did some little philosophy you can use your syllogism and you say no if this is best life now then he has no place in heaven because heaven will be the will be having the best life so if you believe that he's, he's living his best obviously this life here is better than that in hell 
Therefore, he has no place. He's, he's just declaring it himself that he has no place unless he repents. He has no place in heaven where there's the best of life. Yeah, so that's just a comment I wanted to, because I normally share with people in Uganda here about that, the title. Whoever wants to defend Joel Austin, I say, no, he's exposing himself as a false teacher, even by printing books like, and titles like that. Yeah, so that I can continue. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. If you believe your best life is now, that means you're going to hell when you die. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so Bill's exactly right. Bill's exactly right. Yep. May, maybe that will wake wake some folks up to the danger. Um, now the the next guy I want to talk about is uh, Bishop T D Jakes, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about modalism. I, I think he's still a modalist as as much as I understand. Uh, what what talk a little bit about that? Because that I mean that's a big heresy. It's got a you know, fancy title. It used to be Sabellianism was the original um, heresy, and that was dealt with by the early church. And so, this uh, the heresy he teaches and believes is not a new thing. It's an old thing, and it's deadly dangerous, just like these other things. Yeah, yeah. T.D. Jakes is is another one of the most popular preachers in the in the country in the United States and, and around the world. He's got an enormously uh, you know. Uh, enormous popularity around the world, but he's the pastor of, or bishop, I guess, of the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas, and um, he is, T.D. Jakes is everything that I teach about in my seminar, Clouds Without Water, with Word of Faith, the positive confession doctrine that we can speak things into existence, the little God's doctrine, the spiritual death of Jesus, all these things, guaranteed money, guaranteed wealth, guaranteed healing, as long as you have enough faith, as long as you sow a seed, all that stuff. Uh, speaking in tongues, getting dreams and visions, God speaking to you outside of scripture, being slain in the spirit, all of that stuff. And, and he adds another level of heresy onto his teaching. And that is exactly what you just mentioned, that of modalism. And modalism is a, a heresy regarding the Godhead. Uh, that denies the Trinity, denies that God is three in one. Um, basically, modalism holds that in the Old Testament, God was the Father, and then the Father became the Son in the New Testament. And um, at various points was the Holy Spirit, um, but now I think is back to the Father. And so it's you know, you, you, it denies the Trinity. It just basically says that God changes modes, hence modalism. Sometimes he's in the mode of the Father. Sometimes he's in the mode of the Son. Sometimes he's in the mode of the Holy Spirit. So hence the name modalism. But it denies the three-in-one view of God that Scripture teaches. Now, he went on a a, an interview entitled The Elephant Room. I think this was probably back in, oh, 2011 or 12, I think, if I, if memory serves. It's been a number of years ago. And he was asked uh, by some, uh, some other well-known evangelicals. Uh, I think Mark Driscoll was there and uh, McDonald, uh, what's his name? Name description right now. Anyway, but anyway, he, they were asking him about his view of the Trinity, and he said, "Do you, are you a modalist?" And 
And he kind of gave a wishy-washy answer. He, he, he wouldn't plant his flag in one place or another. Basically, he, he kind of says, well, it's, you know, I'm, when I'm with my Trinitarian friends, I'm more Trinitarian. And uh, what if when I'm United Pentecostal friends, which is what is his theological background, the United Pentecostal Church believes in modalism. They deny the Trinity. And so he didn't really give a clear answer. And uh, Lifeway has sold his books for years and years, up until really just a couple of years ago. I think they were finally shamed into pulling his books from the shelves. But, um, but you can go to his website right now. Go to the Potter's House website, T.D. Jakes, look it up. Go to their doctrinal statement right now. And in fact, I, I looked at it just a few weeks ago to make sure it's, it was still up there. But it says, we believe in one God in three manifestations not three persons three manifestations and that is classic modalism yeah that's classic modalism so um yeah i mean he he denies the trinity if you deny the trinity you deny the god of the bible he's got a different god yeah yeah so he, he's not a christian td jakes is not a christian yeah, you know, I, I listened to a sermon that he preached, I guess, last or the, the week before recently, and uh, it might have been, no, it was definitely the worst sermon I've ever heard on Joseph. Um, oh, what? The, 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 the title on Joseph, the title was, or his thesis was that your breaking point is your breakthrough point. That, that was the thesis of his sermon and he, he tried to use Joseph being sold into slavery um, and his, his father thinking it was all about him. And uh, he, was, he was at his breaking point, but then Joseph turns out to be Pharaoh. And so that was his father's breakthrough point. I mean, it was the worst even eisegesis reading into the text. And it, you know, it was all about your feelings. And it was to, I, I've heard little clips of things. It is the first... And might I add the very last, hopefully, full sermon I will listen to <laughs> from, from him. But, uh, but what I noticed was, you know, just kind of a central theme with all of these guys. The whole sermon was designed to manipulate the emotions of the crowd. That's, that's mm -hmm. what it was. Um, yeah. It was designed to make you feel like, uh, you know, you're, you're David conquering you know, Goliath and that kind of thing. There was, uh, and, and he kind of gave a, what he would consider a gospel presentation at the end. It was totally void of biblical gospel, um, yeah. just in every way, shape or form, just to make you feel good. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the, the please give to my ministry f followed all the emotional buildup, uh, you know, um, yeah. And same thing that, that I was listening to a live stream of Benny Hinn this morning. And I mean, you talk about manipulating passages at the very end of Benny Hinn's message. Uh, he was going through the scriptures and, you know, paraphrase. He, he all but said, if you love God, you'll give to our ministry. And by way of implication, if you're not giving to my ministry, then you probably don't love God. And if, if I can take just a couple of minutes here, too, because what you just said jogs my memory. This past September 2019, Benny Hinn made a lot of news that he supposedly repented. Remember that? Yeah, I'm Bill, glad you, you brought that up, that? brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that, brother. Yeah, yeah. 
So made big news because he came out and he said, you know, I no longer believe some of the things that I used to believe and I used to teach, especially about prosperity. And he said, uh, I realize now that I was wrong on that. And, um, and boy, it made big news, you know, and people were saying, oh, Benny Hinn repented. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Benny Hinn repented. Mm. Even some people in our circles, even some people in some, you know, reform circles were expressing real hope and, and joy about this. And I saw through it immediately because, and I'm going to do a video on this, Lord willing, in the next month or so, but Benny Hinn, in his, in his supposed repentance sermon, he actually, he, he, what he did was he painted himself into a corner because not only has Benny Hinn taught this prosperity theology, this give to get theology, give me a thousand dollars, God will heal you of cancer. He said that that teaching now makes him sick. Well, not only did he used to teach it, but he claimed that God gave him instructions to teach it. So it's not a matter of being wrong on some theological point and now you understand the point. No, he claimed that God told him to teach these things for over 45 years. So he's painted himself into a corner. He's now just outed himself as a false prophet. That's one thing. And in a subsequent interview that he did, maybe about just a month or so after he made this big announcement, uh, he was being asked about it by his uh, son-in-law, Michael Kulianos, and uh, which is the Jesus culture kind of stuff, if you come across that. But um, Benny Hinn in this interview, he was asked about his you know change of view on this. And he, he said, he actually said, I don't know why God waited so long to reveal this to me. And I'm like, wait a minute. Don't blame God for your sin. You know, don't blame God for your sin. He just threw God under the bus. That is the furthest thing from repentance that there is. Uh, Benny Hinn has not repented of anything. If, if Benny Hinn truly repented, see, here's the deal. Real repentance bears real fruit. Hmm. If Benny Hinn truly repented, here's what it would look like. Benny Hinn would come out and he would announce to the world, I have been lying to you for 45 years. The people that I have claimed were healed on my platform were not healed and I knew they weren't healed. I have offered hundreds, thousands of false prophecies. I have exploited the poor, the sick, the desperate, and the widows to fund a lavish lifestyle where I fly around in private jets and own fancy big homes and drive fancy cars. Um, I have been lying to you and I am going to empty my ministry coffers. I'm going to liquidate everything that my ministry has. Give that money to doctrinally sound churches, doctrinally sound ministries. And I'm going to shut my ministry down because I understand now that I'm not qualified to preach. And so I'm going to shut my ministry down. I'm going to join a good doctrinally sound church. I'm going to sit in the pew and learn. Then we would be getting somewhere. That's what repentance would look like from Benny Hinn. Uh, and anything short of that is not repentance. Yeah, brother, that's a good point. And uh, I think, you know, you caught a little bit of flack uh, over your cautioning people about Benny Hinn because people were so excited uh, but the reality is this is that's not the first time he's done that 
right? He has a history of, yep. of kind of quasi repenting for the same thing. Is that, is that, do I understand that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So That's right. you're a super nice guy and you won't say this. So I'll say it for you. Lots of people owe you an apology because you were right and they weren't. But, um, but, but I think, it, you know, with guys that have such a long history of being heretical in their teaching, of course, we would all love to see all three of these guys repent um, you know, come to true faith in Christ. We'd all love to see that. Uh, I, I'm not going to hold my breath because that, that doesn't normally happen. Um, but yeah, we just, we have to be cautious and we have to use exercise wisdom uh, when we hear these guys do that kind of thing. I, I think Benny Hinn's the only one that's even attempted to appear. Um, really, I'd just say apologetic because as you say, he wasn't repentant at all. Well, yeah. brother, I really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just for the last couple minutes, uh, let people know about your ministry. If someone wanted to contact your ministry, where would they go if they if someone because you're available also to preach? You do an amazing presentation which we've referenced, um, and guys have heard about it from our show called Clouds Without Water. You can access that through a DVD, or I think you still are willing to come and do those presentations. Just tell tell us where we would go to find those things, brother. Yeah, sure, Nathaniel. Thank you, brother. Uh, you can go to my website, justinpeters.org, justinpeters.org, and uh, all of the information about me and my ministry, doctrinal statement, testimony, uh, preaching schedule, all that kind of stuff is there. All my resources are there. The the DVD that you mentioned, Clouds Without Water, I have, a, there's, it's about eight hours of teaching, a lot of video clips of Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, you know, all these, Joseph Prince, all these guys, Bill Johnson. Um, and I, I let you see the video clips and you see right out of the horse's own mouth what these people actually teach. And then point by point, we correct it from scripture. And so, um, yes, you're right. I do travel and, and preach, and I, I do this these seminars all over the world. And uh, as Pastor Bill mentioned a little bit earlier, did them in Uganda uh, about seven years ago. Uh, so anyway, yeah, all my contact information is there. If I can be of help to folks in any way, just please give me a holler. Uh, send my email address is there, justin at justinpeters.org. I get swamped with emails, so if you send me one and I don't respond in a couple of days, you probably know that yourself, don't you, brother? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just overwhelmed. But uh, but yeah, send it to me again, you know, and you're not going to bother me if you do that. So uh, yeah, um, I you know I'll say so. I watch through your clouds without water, and I, for guys who, if you're not sure if it's worth it or not to to get that, it is. It's the most comprehensive teaching I've ever seen on why these doctrines and things taught in, in the charismatic Pentecostal faith, why they're not biblical, why, why they're counter scripture. Uh, so if you're listening, I would really encourage you to go and get that. It is well worth the time. My, my wife and I actually watched almost all of it in one day. <laughs> we had a day off and it was just so good. Wow. And, uh, you know, Justin takes you through what the actual scripture says versus what's being taught. And so you can follow along with your Bible open, e extraordinary resource, extraordinary tool. And I, I think a lot of guys don't realize how dangerous charismatic teaching and doctrine is. 
but it it is it is the the fastest and largest growing segment of quote unquote Christianity in the world. It's not a small movement. Um, it there are tons of guys even in Reformed churches that I know. There are charismatics that just believe some really strange, unbiblical things. So it's you know if you're in the reform camp, it's it's not something that you should just you know kind of wave off as an insignificant movement. That's not true at all. It's extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous, yeah. uh, and more and more it's seeping into mainstream evangelicalism. You know we see that with uh, Beth Moore and a, and a bunch of other guys out there. Um, so justinpeters.org, you know, lastly, and I think for me, most importantly, a, a lot of guys out there who are looking for places that they can donate that share the true gospel, that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that preach truth. And so I would just commend uh, Justin Peters ministry to you to consider that it is a worthy ministry to support in, in every way in prayer. Uh, if you have some extra money to support their ministry, you know, consider doing that. I have a particular fondness for Justin because uh, it, it brought me and Bill together from two different countries. And for guys who don't know, that relationship ended up working out in such a way that my wife and I are going to move over there permanently to be with that brother. So Justin, we really appreciate your ministry. It's a solid ministry. We thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for joining us on the podcast, brother. We appreciate you. Nathaniel, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I so so enjoyed it. I, I hate that Bill got cut off from us, but uh, I just want to let everyone know what a what just an unspeakable privilege and joy it has been mine to get to know both of you. And, and little did I know back in 2013 when I went to Uganda and first met Bill uh, that it would that God would bear the kind of fruit from that visit that He did, and, and to see. Bill, where he is now, and what the Lord has done in in his life and in his ministry, and and then in his providence, crossing your path with Bill, and now you and your wife are moving to Uganda. I'm just, uh, oh man, I, I just it's 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 hard for me to to take all that in, and I just praise the Lord for it. Yeah, so I, I think the world of both of you, I really do. Well, thank you, brother. Praise God. And for those of you who are joining us, thank you for joining us. And until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast, hosted by Bill Issa and Nathaniel Jolly, is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program, serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at anchor.fm forward slash truth be known.